Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. All right, guys, before we go any further, I want to welcome our Boardman campus. Hello to everyone in Boardman. I want to welcome all the men at TCI Correctional Facility, our campus there, everybody online, everybody here in the Warren campus. And I'm excited about next week being Easter, but guys, this week we have a special guest. And uh, I was out to dinner a couple months ago with Pastor Everett uh, Whiteside, who pastored Higher Praise Covenant Church in Warren for many, many years. And then uh, God dealt with him to resign that and just go with a ministry called Kingdom Builders. And he's helping incarcerated men come back into society and also mentoring young men all over the country, uh, helping them become uh, what God's called them to become as ministers. So he's, he's doing that with a lot of people. And so we're having dinner a couple months ago, and I just said, I have to have you come to Believers. I just want our people to experience you. He's just an awesome uh, man of God, a dear friend. So I'm very excited that he's with us this weekend. And as he comes to, to minister in Borman online, give it up in the chat rooms here in Warren. Can we let Pastor Everett know how excited we are to have him? Amen. Love you, man. Seven fifteen. Am I on, Joe? Amen. Don't know what time it is. I don't know how he does this. Um, I don't know if I'm here or there. Um, but the reality is, I find myself here. So good morning to all of you who are watching online. I heard you say that you have a TCI campus. I used to do ministry at TCI for four straight years in the honors camp. So if any of you gentlemen are on, on, on still there, um, welcome. Love you guys. And um, yeah, good morning, BC family. Yeah, loosen up. Come on, loosen up. I've been here since 710 this morning. Loosen up. Joe got me running here and there. I want to thank all of the staff. Seriously. I want to thank Pastor Joe, Pastor Gina. I want to thank this incredible staff for your hospitality. There's a law of hospitality that, um, that is known throughout the world, and you guys do it at such a high level of excellency. So I thank you for loving us. My wife of 35 years is here. Stand up, sweetie. Yeah, amen. Amen. This woman has, um, she's put up with me for 35 years. Um, we have a marriage ministry that we do as well called It Takes Two. We're building uh, strong, healthy marriages in the 21st century. And um, I used to run into women talking about, I want a husband like you. No, you don't. I'm a handful. You have to be graced. What you want is who God has for you. Amen. You get the wrong one, you know you go crazy. Amen. So um, it's good to be here. I was teasing them at the last two places um, that I'm Pastor Joe. They didn't respond like the traditional church. Um, but the reality is, how many times do we forget who we are as believers? That's a slap in the face, isn't it? Many times we begin to act out like we're somebody other than who we really are. And we need to recapture who we are. So let, having said that, let me just give you a little bit of who I am. I'm originally from Cleveland, um, was the sixth child of two-parent home in the inner city of Cleveland. There's a place that we call Down the Way. If anybody's from Cleveland and you've heard of Down the Way, you know where I'm talking about. That's from 55th and Woodland all the way down to 22nd and Payne. It's a, it, was a, it didn't start off as a ghetto, but it ended up a ghetto. And um, my mom was a church secretary. 
church secretary, not a church administrator, not part of the administration team. She was the team. And uh, my earliest remembrance of four years old, I would go to work with her. And the sanctuary was my first playground because we didn't have a babysitter. There was no Head Start or preschool. Um, if you didn't have a babysitter, the parents had to stay home or somebody else watched you. So she used to take me to work with her. And I would sneak down the stairs and go into the sanctuary and play around, play around. Um, I'm going to shorten some things up. I'm not going to bore you with all of the details because um, there's a lot of details on my journey that I could probably share with you. But having been born to a mother, a believer, um, I still got involved with things that I should not have been involved with. I had a 10-year drug addiction from the age of 12 to 22, so be mindful of that. 12 to 22, I had a drug addiction, took that addiction into the military service with me. Um, I served in the military, was not a good soldier, so I don't let people say, thank you for your service. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I, you thank people who did it right. Um, I, used, I, I was sharing earlier, I, I use most of my military training now. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. Amen. Yeah, um, I use most of my military training I use now. I'm disciplined when I was undisciplined. So they didn't waste their money. It was just um, one of those things like in stocks, you just got to hold on to it long enough. Amen. Now, I'm, you know, now I'm yielding an increase. Um, they didn't get the increase. They thought they had lost some things. I ended up in Leavenworth Federal Prison. Um, and did uh, two years there, sentenced three to five, for some things that I had done. And I was sharing with Joe um, earlier, Brother Joe earlier, that, um, you know, you're not what you do. Hello? Amen. You're not what you do. A lot of times we try to label people about what they do, but you're not what you do. Um, wow. Yeah, I just go here. Listen, I was, I was a, an armed robber. I used to stick people up, but I had morals. I never stuck up elderly people or women. No children, just men. And bad men, because we used to rob the dope dealers. So we was like Robin Hood, you know what I'm saying? Um, that's a good way to put the testament. I was a Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it landed me in prison. And for the first time, I discovered myself. I discovered myself. Um, I'll share this part of my testimony that I don't normally share because it's very intimate for me, and sometimes I just can't get through it. But September 13th, uh, 1982 is when I was incarcerated. And I was, went to prison in um, uh, uh, Augusta, Georgia. Did my crime in Georgia, went to Augusta, Georgia, ready to be shipped off to Fort Leavenworth. And um, I had an encounter with God after a Bible study. Used to go to Bible study to get out my cell. Anything to get out the sale. So I went to Bible study that night, and this brother, Brother Robinson and Brother Vassar were the Bible teachers. And this brother stopped. He was teaching the Lord's Prayer, Brother Joe, and he stopped in the middle of the Lord's Prayer and gave me what I now know is a word of uh, knowledge. This man began to tell me everything about myself. And I'm thinking naturally, who told this man this? I want to find the inmate that it snitched on me. And I mean, he even hit some places that nobody knew, so I was a little baffled by it. And I went back to our cell, because you had to shower before you uh, get locked down, in, in Leavenworth anyway, and um, what ended up happening was that at nine o'clock, the cell was locked. At 9.05, my cell lit up. 
the presence of God invaded my cell. How did I know it was him? I had two visitations prior to that. And you may struggle with it. I was addicted to drugs, but I was still having visitations. Because God does not care about your condition. He's concerned and cares about you. He came into my cell. I didn't see a figure, just a light. I understand what Paul saw. I closed my my eyes because it was too bright. And I still saw it. And for the next maybe five to six hours, this encounter was going on. And all I could do was cry out, if you can save me and clean me up, you could have me. This was in 1982. And I'm screaming to the top of my lung and my natural mind is still functioning, saying you better keep your mouth closed because they're going to throw you in the hole. The guards are going to come any minute and throw you into the hole. But I could not control myself. I literally found 10 years of addiction being cleansed from it. I was scared to touch my tears because they felt thick like black tar, just scared to touch my face. So I was in a fetal position, just weeping. And when, I don't know, the presence left, I'm left in a fetal position, knowing that something has transpired. So at six o'clock, they get, they get us up every morning. I had a filthy mouth. When I was unsaved, I used to put cuss words together that didn't even go together. <laughs> and um, I would wake up and I would always holler, sick of sale. I got sick of cell. I was sick of the jail cell, not the disease. I was sick of the jail cell. And I would come out of my cell every morning loud. My wife said I'm still loud, but I'm loud for a different reason now. Um, I just can't contain myself. When I wake up, I'm excited about being up. But I woke up that morning sheepish because I knew that the men had heard the conversation that had gone on the night before. I used to be the first out myself. This time I was the last. They had to actually come and call me because I was waiting because I didn't want anybody to make fun of me. So when I finally got the courage to go out, sat down to eat child, nobody said anything. I'm waiting for somebody always to say, okay, what went on in your cell last night? Nobody said anything. Okay, go through the day. Nobody says anything at lunch, thinking now it's about time they're going to jump on me. No, nobody said anything. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me and says, after lunch, start a Bible study. <laughs> start a Bible study. I don't know nothing. He says, you know the stories of Daniel in the lion's den. You know about the three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace. You know about Noah in the ark. So he hit those childhood Sunday school stories that I remember from my mom taking me to church. So after lunch, I began to open up the scriptures to them concerning those things. And by the end of the week, Pastor Joe, I had led seven men to the Lord. Seven men to the Lord. Now, here's the kicker. The warden got wind of what happened. And he called me to his office and says, I heard what happened. Unbeknownst to me that the two Bible teachers, Brother Robinson, Brother Vassar, um, was in cahoots with the warden. They were all members of a church and they were praying for inmates to get born again. He called me into his office. He says, I need a promise from you. If I allow you and those men to leave this place shackled and handcuffed with armed guards, you need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, if you promise me that you all will not try to escape, you need to be baptized. I gave him my word. They picked us up out of that place, put us in a van, took us to a country church. When we got there, Brother Robinson, Brother Vassar, the two Bible teachers, they were in the pool waiting on us. That went on. The next day, got up to thank Brother Owens. Guess what? 
another warden. That sounds like a fairy tale, doesn't it? They had shipped him out. And when I talked to Brother Vass and Brother Robinson, they told me that was his last act in this place was to allow you guys to be baptized. And then I was shipped to Leavenworth probably a couple of weeks later where I did my extent. Now, one of the good things about prison when you're born again, hello, prison is not fun unless you're born again. Because born again, wherever you are, you are in Christ Jesus. Hello. When you're born again, wherever you are, you are in Christ Jesus. Right? He makes the difference, right? That song says, take me deeper, deeper. Yeah. Um, In prison, you have to identify with your ethnicity. I don't know if you know that. Black sits with black, white sits with white, Hispanic sit with Hispanics. Because you identify by your ethnicity for security reasons. So if you were black, you, 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 you sat with them, same thing. But there was a table in the middle of the chow hall where the body of Christ met. And you know how cool this was? There was black at the table. There were Hispanics at the table. There was whites at the table. And God taught me there that the body of Christ is the new ethnic group in the earth realm. We are the new ethnicity. Amen. You're not going to fix racism out there. They're going to do what they do. But in here, we should have mastered that thing and understand that we're one new man. And Christ is the head of that man. Right. It's impossible for you to love the body of Christ or the head of the Christ and not love the body of Christ. If you love the head of the body, you must also love the body. Amen. And we come in all shapes, colors, sizes. Even we got issues. (laughs) So listen, I'm here. Um, I want to just share with you a brief revelation that God downloaded inside of me called training modules, spiritual training modules. There's some more of my story. Listen, we'll be here all day. My wife's sick of, t- I, I, I still tell it to her. Because it's just like yesterday to me. You know when you have an encounter with God? It never grows old. Amen. Right? Amen. I mean, if I start talking about it, I'll immediately feel like I'm transporting, like I was feeling like going from here to the traditional service and back. Transported back and forth. But I can't share it all, so I just want to give you a truth about spiritual training modules. Say that with me, spiritual training modules. I coined this phrase years ago when I was trying to make sense out of what I was going through. Spiritual training modules. And a spiritual training module is anything or anyone that creates an opportunity for you to increase your capacity to become more like Jesus or Christ-likeness. Anything or anyone that helps grow you into Christ-likeness is a training module. So if it's anything and anyone, that means everything, right? Is a training module. And what this has done for me in my life that I wanna share with you, it makes me now more aware when things begin to happen. That I don't have to wonder about why they're happening, I understand why they're happening now. It's a training module. And remember, the purpose of a training module is to make you more like who? Come on, make you more like who? Absolutely, not yourself, like Jesus. So let's go to Romans 8, 28, 31. You know this scripture. You know this scripture. 
And it's real quick. I'm going to give you three points and we out of here. And we know that God causes all things. What things? To work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to God's purpose. So this is not a blank check. You have to love God and be called according to God's purpose in order for this to become your reality. Amen. Amen. And all things mean what? All. Come on, you don't be afraid. All things mean all. Okay. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Everything that happens to you and I in life is about you and I responding like Jesus responds. Hello. <laughs> what things? Not your preferences. Not just the good things, even the bad things. He takes them, weave them into the tapestry. See, we have a tendency to want what we want, and we call it God if it feels good. It's God even when it doesn't feel good. I'm not saying God causes anything, but he takes what exists and weaves it into our tapestry. So that divorce, guess what? Training module. Bankruptcy, training module. Disagreement is at work, training module. Wrong relationship, training module. All things provides an opportunity for you and I to increase our Christ-likeness. They're training modules. That woman and that man that you're trying to get rid of at the job, guess what? Training module. The person you're avoiding in your life, training module. And you can't skip class. There's no cutting class because all you do is prolong that specific training module. Because you got to get the lesson so that you can be Christ-like. And he's designed that specifically for us. He foreknew us. He also predestined us to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. He's looking for family DNA. So if he went through it, guess what? Huh? He says, take up your cross and do what? We're not talking about it. I love the message. You know, Easter is for everyone because everybody has a cross. Amen. <laughs> East, not the cross for you to be born again, but the cross for you to bear in life. That's going to make you more like him. Not the one you wear around your neck at diamonds. We're not talking about the platinum studded cross. We're talking about the one that will become a burden to you to carry out as you're becoming more like Christ. He's the, he's, the, he's the brother, the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. Watch this. And these whom he predestined, he also called, and to those who he called, he also justified. These whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things if God be for us? What? I said it earlier. It sounds like something Clint Eastwood would say. Make my day, punk. What you going to do to me? Everything is a training module that is going to bring forth the Christ likeness. So here is point one. Nothing is wasted with God. Hello. Don't take this literal. Jesus saves. He's not a hoarder, but he doesn't waste anything. Nothing is wasted with God. Point two, your current condition is not your final conclusion. Wherever you find yourself, whatever you're going through today is not the finality of you. It's just there to give you a platform to become more like Jesus. Give me 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. I'm going to wrap this up. Y'all all right? Okay. I'm good. I'm good. Listen, in everything, 
In what? In, in what? Everything. Are there any exceptions to that word everything? No. There are no exceptions to the word everything. In everything, not for it, but in it. So wherever you find yourself in, I said it earlier, if you're in Jesus, guess what? You are graced to endure it. Amen. The key is not to be in it without Jesus. The key is to be in everything in Jesus, yeah. where you can now give thanks. Yeah. For this is the will of God concerning you. You cannot give thanks if you don't understand Romans 8, 28, that all things will work out for the good of those who love God, called according to God's purpose, because that all things and that's everything is designed to make you more like Jesus. He does not cause it. Do not trip. The scripture did not say that God causes everything. He does not cause suffering. He does not cause your bad decisions. We make those decisions. But if we give them to him, he will weave them in a tapestry to make them work for your good. My testimony, it happened to me, but it wasn't just about me. I help men now with what I've been through. Amen. I can say, son, I've been there. Here's a scar. You know, that's what Jesus did to Thomas. Right. And, you know, we make Thomas out to be a bad guy, doubting Thomas. Jesus never told him he was a doubting Thomas. Jesus never called Thomas doubting. Hello, there's a crisis sometimes that you have in your faith, amen? Right. And you just need some reassurance. Right. Well, anyway, me. And Jesus will show us some things about himself to let me know that you have not done anything ever that I have not first done for you. Right. So when you get the idea of a training module, everything, the third point, looks better and brighter when you view it through the lenses of gratitude. Say gratitude. When you are thankful in your environment, it gives you a different perspective about where you are. Amen. If you murmur and complain, you feed and you fuel the negativity. But if you can be thankful in the midst of it, not for it, you'll find everything looks bigger, better, brighter. That God is at work in your midst. So I don't know your situations. I don't know if why I shared this testimony because I don't normally share it publicly. Some of y'all may say, I didn't know that was about him. There's a lot about me that you don't know. Well, you don't look like you was addicted to drugs. When Jesus cleans you up, guess what? There's no residue Amen. of where he got you from. Amen? Amen? The scars are only there if you want to show them. So I don't know if you're online and you're going through some things. You're not your condition. You're not what you do. So I want to invite you just to bow your heads for a moment. And I want to first speak to those who may not have accepted Jesus Christ, who may feel like you're not worthy because of what you've done. May I say to you, sir, ma'am, your sin qualifies you for salvation. Your sin qualifies you for salvation. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he did a remarkable work at Calvary. He died not just for you, but as you. He took the penalty to set us free. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ and you would like to, raise your hands. Nobody's judging you. Nobody's judging you. If you're here under the sound of my voice and you've never accepted Jesus, oh my, understand that he is not a respecter of persons. I never saw myself in ministry, but he knew I was in ministry. Well, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for everybody under the sound of my voice. May they hear your voice. Your voice is more powerful, more purposeful than anybody else's voice. So we thank you right now that you're equipping your saints 
for your purpose in the days to come. Thank you for this training module that we find ourselves in. Help us, Holy Spirit, to respond like Christ responded in it, that you would be glorified from it. We honor you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.